right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 53. As always, I'm your host, Tristan Weber. Today, I'm going to be talking to you guys about a couple games from the week one of the NFL season. And tomorrow, I'm going to talk to you about some more games. And then the day after and the day after, and you kind of get where this is going. So I am going to be trying to be uploading every single day moving forward, but we'll see if I'm actually able to do that. Anyways, today I'm going to start with the New York Giants versus the Dallas Cowboys and that beatdown. And I'm going to try to keep this short. Is this the Dallas Cowboys year? And should we be freaking out about the Dallas Cowboys? Because they destroyed the Giants. In short, probably not and probably shouldn't freak out. The Cowboys did destroy the Giants 40-0 to in their opener. So why shouldn't we be freaking out? Because the Cowboys do this at least once per season where they absolutely obliterate some underwhelming mid-ass opponent and then nothing becomes of it. And if you don't believe me, I will prove it. The Cowboys beat Washington 47-16 to in 2019. The Giants 44 to 20 in 2021. The Falcons 43 to 3 in 2021. Washington again also in 2021, 56 to 17. The Eagles 51 to 26 in 2021. Then the Vikings 40 to 3 and the Colts 54 to 19, both of those games last season. And they didn't do anything of note any of those seasons. So why is this season any different? I'm not willing to bet that it is any different. The Cowboys look like the best team in football right now, most assuredly. However, the season still has 16 more weeks to go. This is not where you want to be peaking if you are the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys curb stomping the Giants, unfortunately, doesn't prove anything. However, there is an opposite side to this, and I'd like to be fair to the Cowboys. It's really easy to criticize the Cowboys, but there are teams out there that would kill to have what the Cowboys have. I don't make a ton of the Cowboys destroying the Giants the way that they did, but there are teams that would do anything to have the level of success that the Cowboys have had even recently. It's really fun to poke fun at the Cowboys and their fans saying they haven't won the Super Bowl since 95 and how they're terrible and they always choke in the playoffs and how their playoff record is and how they this and how they that. But the Cowboys for the past decade have been a consistently winning organization, and that's more than a lot of teams can say. Ask the Raiders if they would want what the Cowboys have. Ask the Browns if they'd want what the Cowboys have. Ask the Texans, Cardinals, and Jets if they would want the consistent level of success that the Cowboys have had even recently, even the past 15, 20 years, I'd argue they would all say yes. The Cowboys might not be the premier organization in the NFL, but they are consistently competitive, consistently have a winning record, and consistently make at least good football decisions year in and year out. Do I think that they're a Super Bowl winning team? No. But do I think they're extremely stable and a better organization than others give them credit for? Yeah. Absolutely. The Cowboys have done a lot right except for winning the big game. They're a solid franchise that gets overhated because of their legions of ridiculous and obnoxious fans. So the Cowboys actually have it pretty good and better than a hell of a lot of teams out there in the NFL. Moving to the Dolphins versus the Chargers. 
I've got a few takes on this. The first of which is about Tua. Tua Tungavailoa and Brock Purdy are the exact same player. They are the exact same player in the exact same offense doing the exact same thing. They're both good players being elevated by an excellent offensive-minded head coach and excellent receiving weapons. Watch the 49ers versus the Steelers and then watch the Dolphins versus the Chargers. They look the exact same. Both offenses throw the ball extremely quickly over the middle to wide open wide receivers. The only difference is the 49ers don't have a receiver that's in the same stratosphere as Tyreek Hill. If the 49ers had Tyreek, Brock Purdy could throw for 400 yards too. Tua, ugh, Tua is so fucking overrated. People want to say he's great and look at these stats from last season and look at this metric and that metric and how he's first in this and first in that. And look, he threw for 400 yards. Look how amazing he is. Tua is not a great quarterback. He is good. He's just good. He's a good player, a good quarterback with moments of great. But almost any competent to good quarterback is capable of doing what he does. Almost top to bottom. Look at this. Does this scream greatness to you? These underthrows validate every single criticism that is out there for Tua. But the reason this is challenging is because there is another side of this. Look at these throws. These are some really impressive throws. They're really good. So if he makes some great throws and some bad throws, what does that make him? It makes him a good quarterback, just like Dak Prescott, just like Kirk Cousins. He is significantly closer to those two than he is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrows of the world. Quarterbacks are either tractors or trailers. Tua is a trailer. He is good, but not great. And it's annoying because Tua is once again getting all this praise for getting carried by his receiving targets. And just like last season, where the same thing fucking happened in week two when Tyreek had 200 yards against the Ravens' awful defense. At halftime, Tua had just over 260 yards passing, which is a lot. But 105 of them were yards after the catch. That's almost half. The Dolphins only faced nine third downs the whole game. He never faced any situational pressure. He was protected well almost all day long, and he was good. But all he did was distribute to wide open guys all game long. He is good. He's not great. Moving on from Tua. Tyreek Hill is the most impactful player in the NFL that is not a quarterback. Is there anyone in the NFL that you have to account for in such a unique way? Like, even when he doesn't get the ball or the play isn't to him, he is impacting the play just because of who he is and his unique gifts. His ability to blow the lid off of the defense changes the way that offense operates completely. It changes what they are able to do. His presence alone changes everything. And that is not even taking into consideration his abilities as a pass catcher. The dude is incredible. Every time Tua threw him the ball, he was like five yards away from the next closest defender, or he was adding 5, 10, 15 yards after the catch, or both. Is Tyreek the best wide receiver in the league? I don't know. But is he the most impactful? Absolutely. Shifting to the Chargers. The Chargers put the NFL world on notice. 
They put up 34 points with Justin Herbert only throwing for 228 yards, but they took the NFL off notice by giving up 213 yards to Tyreek Hill. The Chargers are a dangerous team this season if they can clean up the defense. The Chargers are going to have the most balanced offense in the NFL this season, and it is going to be the highest scoring. They are going to have the number one offense this season. If you're a Chargers fan, you have to be extremely pleased with the hiring of Kellen Moore right now. The Chargers ranked 30th in rushing last season, and they piled up 234 yards on the ground against the Miami defense that was ranked fourth against the run last season. That's a great start to the season if you're the Chargers offensively, but it's an equally bad start for them defensively. So while you have to feel good about your OC, Kellen Moore, you have to feel equally bad about your defensive head coach who continues to prove he can't really stop anybody. The Chargers are the most exciting team in the NFL this season. They're going to put up a lot of points and they're going to give up a lot of points. And they are a walking disaster waiting to happen. They are must-see TV from this point on. I doubt that they're going to give up 35 points per game moving forward because not every team is going to have weapons like the Dolphins and is not going to have an excellent head coach like the Dolphins. The Dolphins are certainly a unique challenge, but this feels like a team that's going to be getting in shootouts left and right, and lucky for them, they had the firepower to win them. And lastly... 49ers versus Steelers. I'm going to overreact to this game. I'm just going to do it. It's overreaction Monday, so I'm going to overreact. The 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl this year if they stay healthy. They have it all. They have all the ingredients. It's just a matter of health. It's time to admit Brock Purdy's actually good. They have an amazing head coach. They have offensive weapons everywhere. They have an excellent offensive line. They have disgustingly good pass rush, amazing linebacking unit, and a great secondary. This is the 49ers season, and I'm going on record right now and picking them to win the Super Bowl. As of this moment, they're my pick. In regards to how they played against the Steelers, the 49ers are basically perfect. I mean, they executed everything extremely well, and I don't really feel a need to go in-depth and tell you why they were so good. The, the score is indicative of how the game went. It was 30-7. to seven. They curb-stomped the Steelers, and there's just no reason for me to just keep fueling that and add unnecessary excess praise. The other side of this, what the fuck, Pittsburgh? They finished last season on a fairly strong one, and they left all that momentum in the rearview mirror. They were atrocious in the first half. I mean, in the second half, they got better, kind of. In the, in the second half, my goodness. I mean, look, this team had one of the worst opening day performances I've ever seen out of a team. The Steelers opened the season with two punts, basically three and outs, an interception in their first three drives, and things didn't really get better from there. Everything went wrong in this game for the Steelers. What a disaster. The bigger question for this game is Kenny Pickett. What do we make of Kenny Pickett after this beatdown? Here's my opinion. Kenny Pickett isn't a bust yet. It would be extremely unfair to make any sort of blanket judgment about Kenny Pickett based on this game alone for multiple reasons. To start off with, 
This 49ers defense is really good, and we all know it. This defense has unraveled quarterbacks that are way better than Kenny Pickett. So to a point, we should have seen this coming. This defense held Geno Smith to 7 points and 13 points in two of their games last season, Justin Herbert to 16 points, Tom Brady to 7 points, and Dak Prescott to 12 points last season. And all those guys are better than Kenny Pickett is right now. So why are we going to call Kenny Pickett a bust for having a shitty game against a defense that regularly does this? We shouldn't. Kenny Pickett also got no help at all from his ground game. Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers at one point had a 60-yard rushing touchdown. The 49ers had four, rather, the Steelers had 41 rushing yards all game long. The receivers weren't getting great separation. Hell, on one of his interceptions, that I digress, was a bad decision, his receiver fell down. Kenny Pickett was under pressure all game long. He's having to run for his life, and he was sacked five times, but it felt like it was closer to 50 times. That dude was getting the hell beat out of him. I feel bad for Kenny Pickett this morning. I bet he feels like he got run over by a train because the 49ers were all over him all game long yesterday. So that is it. That's my show. That's what I got for you today. Feel free to su subscribe, like, whatever. If you're listening on Spotify, feel free to hit me with a follow. Take care, everybody.